Women's Tech Radio, Episode 9. A show on the Jupiter Broadcasting Network interviewing interesting women technology, exploring their roles and how they are successful in technology careers. My name is Angela. And my name is Paige. And Paige, I would like to know, what is your favorite video game? Ooh, of all time? Uh, sure, of all time. Okay, probably still Legend of Zelda. Wow. I think that I spent more hours playing that game than almost any other game. Wow, okay. Yeah, it's just, I have fond memories of sitting in my basement as a kid and is that playing away. Nintendo? Yeah, Nintendo. Reg- regular Nintendo. Nintendo. Yep. NES is mm-hmm. what they called it? Gold right? cartridge. Yep. NES. Oh yeah, right, the gold one. Yes, oh, yes, yeah. yes. I had that one. Nice. Mine is, I, I did have some old games like that, but Donkey Kong. Ooh. Donkey Kong for Super Nintendo. Yeah. Seriously. All three of them, I just, I would sit on a banana chair and with my remote control and just play it for hours and hours. That's hilarious that you played on a banana chair. <laughs> you know what? Yeah, okay, because of the monkey. Yeah. yeah. Well, today we are interviewing Christina Keelan, and she is a community manager at RethinkDB. But before we get into that interview, I'd like to talk about DigitalOcean. DigitalOcean is a simple cloud hosting provider dedicated to offering the most intuitive and easy way to spin up a cloud server. The users can create a cloud server in under a minute. And that is just $5 a month for 512 megabytes of RAM, 20 gigabyte SSD, one CPU, and one terabyte transfer. DigitalOcean has data centers in New York, San Francisco, Singapore, Amsterdam, and London. And the interface is simple, intuitive control panel, which power users can replicate on a larger scale with the company's straightforward API. And if you'd like to get started with DigitalOcean and $10 credit, use the code WTRDecember at checkout. We started by asking our guests what her role is at RethinkDB. I am the community manager. Um, I wear a lot of hats over there right now because we're still in um, our startup mode. So I'm doing everything from uh, organizing events like conferences, podcasts, webcasts, uh, meetup events. Um, we do a lot of user outreach. Um, we have this really cool project called Shirts for Stories um, where users tell us what they're doing and we send them shirts. So I get to spearhead that little project, which has been great. Um, lots of social media. Um, it's pretty awesome being able to talk to everybody on Twitter, um, Facebook, you know, all the, the usual outlets. Um, but yeah, I'm just doing a lot, of, a little bit of everything right now while we're still in our early stages of, uh, of our community. I've only been there for about, I think seven or eight months now. And that's, I'm the, I'm basically like the community team. We've just very slowly been growing. So, um, well, it's been picking up a lot lately, but that's where we are right now. So, so you're an open source company, correct? Yep. Yep. And being an open source company, like, how do you feel like that in, impacts the role of community for you or how community is involved? Oh, it's huge. It's so important. Um, we have, it's actually kind of cool because um, just like a little side story, uh, we have some people who actually work on our team now who contributed, um, you know, building drivers for us um, just, you know, as their own open source contributions. And then they ended up becoming a part of our team. They hired and flew out here and now they work for us. So obviously open source is amazing, amazing, amazing for um, community development with our company. Um, I'm able to reach out to everybody like on GitHub, find out, you know, a little bit more about them kind of while they're uh, contributing to our projects and then reach out to them on Twitter and um, send them shirts, you know, maybe they're speaking at their local meetups and I get to help uh, make sure that they're able to make that experience really exciting for their community and their areas. Um, it's really kind of awesome because we're still small enough to where we can um, have that really great communication with people and talk to them really, you know, one-on-one, Skype with them, you know, like, um, 
somebody mentioned today actually that they wanted to use us in a hackathon and I just told him to email me and we're already getting him set up and it turns out he wants to speak at a meetup and you know it just really starts evolving from there so these early stages with um, projects like this are really really exciting. Great are there any online tools that help you uh, do your job best with social media? Like I know like Hootsuite would be like a really obvious one where you can send it out to send your message out to a bunch of different platforms at once, but is there anything else? Yeah. You know, I actually don't use Hootsuite, which, um, we've gone back and forth on everything that we want to use and we're kind of in trial and error mode right now. I mean, things that we love, I use things like TweetDeck for, you know, Twitter and whatnot, which is pretty helpful for me. Um, but we love Slack so much at our office and we can get everything feeding into there so I can see, you know, what's going on with um, with Twitter while I'm also talking to everybody on my team, while I'm also talking to people like I've contributed closely with um, Compose and they set me up on their Slack. And so we're talking all over the place. So I would say Slack and uh, I don't I'm not stoked off TweetDeck, but, you know, it helps me, <laughs> um, you know, just all those little those those guys for now. Nothing too exciting just yet. Do you find one platform more influential for your community than another? Mm, well, I do know that our community uses um, GitHub, IRC a ton, Stack Overflow. I know that they're reaching out a lot in those ways. And a lot of our engineers, they're so amazing. They will, um, they'll be in IRC like literally 24 hours a day. There's always somebody in there. So that's probably um, one of the best ones as far as that goes. And I think uh, Twitter has been really great for us too. We don't really use things like, we will update like Facebook or whatever. Um, Meetup's been amazing um, as far as getting people uh, involved in um, events, you know, especially outside of the Bay Area. So, um, you know, those guys have been really helpful too. So you guys use Meetup to run stuff other places as well? Yeah, we actually, um, we have our Meetup for um, office events. Then we have one that uh, we started for San Francisco groups. So then people could, um, actually, we just had our first out-of-state group get started, which is in Israel, which is amazing. So they're able to use what we've built um, sort of as a template with our San Francisco group. And then they're able to create it in their community and just sort of, um, you know, build their events similarly. Um, we also have this really cool project that we're trying to do um, where it's sort of like a meetup in a box. So um, the folks who are getting events started around um, are able to get a box sent to them with some t-shirts, some raffle prizes, just so that um, we take our, uh, the experience that we're creating for our users is something that's so important to us beyond just like the technology. We want them to feel warm and welcome and comfortable and like it's family because that's how we feel when we're in the office. And that's how we feel we're building this product. And so we've created this little meetup in a box so we can send it to people um, to recreate that environment when we're not going to be there to help them with it. So hopefully it works out. We've only just recently sent them out. So um, it's all just starting to get built up. Um, and like I said, same with uh, meetup.com. We're able to kind of get, we're able to find out who's putting those events together. We also have people who reach out to us um, on Twitter a lot, mostly though about events, so. So do you find, I find with social social media things that it is not an eight to five job. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> so, okay, not you agree. <laughs> um, yeah. How do you manage that? So I think, okay, I do social media for myself and then also for Jupiter Broadcasting maker of women's tech radio um and i so i have two different twitters so i have to constantly log out of instagram to you know log into the other one and but doing it from my mobile is the easiest because i have three kids do you do you run into that issue of multiple profiles do you run separate browsers like what do you do to manage that 
You know what? And that's actually why I mentioned TweetDeck earlier because I do my um, my personal account um, and then I do the Rethink TV account. And TweetDeck's actually been really helpful with that. I know that it's a little overwhelming for people when they look at it initially. They're like, oh my God, so many tweets all at once. Just yeah, but so right is Twitter. Twitter is yeah, just in general. <laughs> Oh my gosh, even um, looking at it on my phone, it's just sort of like blasting you. And I'm guilty of it too. I'll send out like five tweets in five minutes. I'm like, ooh, I need to lay off a little bit. But um, I've actually found that TweetDeck's been really helpful for that. Um, I'm able to look at, you know, multiple accounts at once and um, it manages pretty easily. And then, like I said, with Slack, we're able to feed it through there. So if I'm busy talking to people on there and trying to organize um, stuff in in um, Slack, then I'm able to check out Twitter too. You just kind of, um, I found a little bit of a rhythm for it. So it's, yeah, it's definitely crazy because you'll be bored at like three in the morning with crazy insomnia and you're looking at your phone and you're like, oh, so-and-so talked to me. I better reach out to them. I better, you know, shoot so-and-so an email because they mentioned something, you know, or go and, you know, make sure that I'm, uh, you know, answering any questions that are on there or forwarding any questions. But, you know, I think that's sort of the, the funny thing about the tech world in general is that it sort of never sleeps. That's what one of my mm -hmm. bosses told me. I was like, oh, yeah, you don't say. <laughs> yeah, especially with a worldwide audience. Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. I mean, there's days where I'm talking to somebody in Brazil and then the next minute, um, you know, somebody in England and then the next minute is just somebody in, you know, in Los Angeles. And so you're on a lot of time zones at once. But that's sort of what's so exciting and fun and motivating about it. So. Mm -hmm. I love it. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I totally understand because when we do our shows, we try to time it so that people, not this show in particular because it's pre-recorded, but our other shows, we try to do it live so that people can participate. And it's really hard to find the sweet spot because everybody's all over the world. <laughs> it's so, so hard. We have that problem, too, because we do, um, we'll try and do like a nice, you know, like a webcast coincide with a release so that people can ask questions, you know, maybe a couple oh, of days yeah. after they can play around and then they can ask us questions like right after and talk to the founders or whoever built it. And um, it's really, really awesome, except you know, I feel bad for the guys on the other side of the world who are, you know, logging in at like 3 a.m. to make sure that they can chat with us. But that shows like this amazing community and this amazing loyalty and this amazing support. And I think that's why we love it so much. Mm -hmm. Like I've worked in, um, you know, in other industries before and literally it, it the world just shut off at like 5 p.m. Yeah. Yeah. Like you can't send an email after that point. But, you know, I'll send an important email at two in the morning if I have to <laughs> and it'll get answered at 2.15, you know, so. Right. So is this your first job in a tech company? Oh, yes. Yes. Um, I actually have, it's really strange. I have a background in uh, social work and in fashion design. So, <laughs> but surprisingly, they actually work. Um, it was a perfect mix to go into community. Um, so it doesn't really feel that odd, um, except for all of the tech that I'm learning. In, so. so do you find yourself um, kind of learning the field as you go through? Has that been difficult for you? Absolutely. Yeah. It's, you know, there's days um, when I will just have those moments where I'm like, oh my gosh, like I suck at this. What am I doing? Like they're going to be so, you know, you have those freak out moments, which are totally irrational. And I have the most amazing co-founders that I can tell them like, I'm having a moment and they're like, you're fine. What are you doing? <laughs> so it's really awesome to have that support. But, um, you know, that's why, um, you know, I joined some local, uh, um, groups like women who code um I, you know obviously i'm not able to create the content for a meetup for women who code but 
you know, I can utilize my other skills. Like I can help reach out to people in the community to help um, be a host venue or to help provide, you know, some resources and support. Um, and along the way, you know, then I can go to those meetups and I can sit and I can, you know, learn JavaScript for a couple hours, you know, and I can meet other women who did similar things and learning the different paths that they took to get to the tech world. I'm finding that not a lot of people have, um, it's not totally different for all of us. Like a lot of us do come from drastically different backgrounds for one reason or another, we ended up in this, you know, in this world and it's actually worked out amazingly. And so that's why I'm so excited to help out, you know, to participate in this podcast or to help out with women who code or, you know, to be able to do what I do with rethink because it's just such like a motivating, exciting world to be a part of and to continue to learn um, and never stop learning and never stop being inspired by these people that you're working with. It's crazy because you think like, oh, I, you know, I graduated college, it's done. You know, you go into your nine to five job and that's it. But it doesn't feel like that. Not a single day or week goes by that not, you know, something exciting hasn't happened. I love that. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, it's just so vast. Yeah, it's amazing. And all the the different roles that you can play here and it's it's wild. So So do you find like the women's groups is, is helpful for you in comparison with just like a generic meetup? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, like I said, a huge part of my job is helping um, to, you know, put these meetups together, both with Women Who Code and with um, Rethink DB, um, two completely different audiences. Um, and no one is better than the other necessarily. It's just that um, when I'm with Women Who Code, I'm able to sit, I'm able to learn, um, you know, I ask the questions and kind of share similar stories. Um, and then when I'm at the Rethink DB one, I mean, we're a database company. It's so, so complex. And these people are brilliant. So a lot of the stuff that I'm learning from them is, you know, is really just that at this point. Um, I, you know, I can't necessarily just dive into that and know exactly what's going on after six months of being in the tech world. So um, it feels pretty amazing being able to, um, to work with all of my women who code peers. And I mean, I have never felt embarrassed to ask them a question. I've never felt um, nervous or scared or intimidated. They've all been so warm and welcoming and um, open with all of their advice that it's, you know, it's really, it's wonderful. It's really, really nice. Now, are there any particular websites or resources that you use to kind of understand some of the technology and or are there any Twitter accounts that you follow? that are resourceful for you? I've been playing with Code Academy, which has been great. Um, one of the, um, a woman that I spoke with recently at a meetup um, actually went through Hackbright in San Francisco. And um, I know that they have like part-time night classes that I was thinking of maybe doing in the spring. Um, it was a huge uh, success for her. and She ended up getting a great job afterwards. So I'd like to maybe participate in some sort of a, you know, a schooling a part. Yeah, some sort of like part-time, <laughs> part-time for sure. <laughs> Just because I have, you know, I have to work full-time too, which is sort sure. of the, the hard part of that. Um, but um, Code Academy has been helpful sort of introducing me to everything. But to be honest, um, since we host so many meetups and we have so many different speakers there, I feel like it's um, like school all over again. I get to learn and ask the questions you know, in this like great live environment. Um, and that actually has been some of the best for me personally, I learn really well that way, mm -hmm. you know, so going to hackathons as a host, but being able to learn from what people are building or going, you know, to a meetup as a host, but being able to learn from the speakers and ask them questions afterwards. Like those have actually been probably the best resources for me at this point. Um, but like I said, hopefully, 
now I'll have, you know, a stronger background. So then once I go into, um, you know, some sort of a boot camp, then I'm able to have like a better knowledge and understanding of what I'm sort of um, stepping into. Getting that knowledge and being in the tech space, like what has been the most the most challenging thing for you? I think the hardest part is um, I'm sure a lot of people are like this and a lot of women in tech, too. We're sort of like uh big critics of ourselves you know we always want to do a lot more 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 and for me um, one of the biggest obstacles was coming from a non-technical background into a role that I felt like I wanted to learn everything that first week you know what I mean I wanted to know everything I wanted to be able to understand everything that first week first month first three months I wanted to be able to go into it and like look at me and like programming and coding and I can do it all down. I, you know, I know that that's just impossible to do. And I actually had a really wonderful conversation with um, one of our founders about this, you know, trying to explain to him like, you know, there's days where I just feel sort of nervous or insecure because I can't really speak the language as well as I would like to. It feels sometimes like being dropped into a country without knowing anything about that native language. And then all of a sudden, you know, you, you slowly start learning it and you become comfortable. It's sort of, you know, this great immersion, but at the same time, you know, you can't help but beat yourself up a little bit at times. Um, but that's like why community is so important because I mean, our community is so supportive. They're so helpful. Like, I don't think I've ever actually had a bad experience. I've had, you know, some sassy people, you know, say funny things, Mm -hmm. but not anything that's been awful like everybody's been so supportive and i think that it's really kind of a beautiful thing that people want to help each other to learn and grow and and then i feel a little bit better when i get neurotic about not knowing you know how to build reading tv you know which is just impossible so at this point who knows what happens in another year or two there's so much so much to learn yep yeah so much it's it's very very intimidating at times and it's like learning an entirely new language without having any background in it. But, you know, you do it. You just have to do it. You can't really sit and overanalyze it and stress and beat yourself up. You just sort of have to, like, get over those moments and move on and, you know, keep growing with it. And then you're still growing with your community, too. You're growing with your people. And I'm growing with my coworkers and the engineers. We're all still growing and learning together. So Right. They really kind of become a family, huh? Because, oh, like, yeah. especially, I think, having the social media aspect, you're you're making a very public post and it's really hard to do that without like checking with somebody like am I saying this right is this the right phrase is there a better way to say this does this even make sense you know I totally understand I always I constantly ask my husband like is this really the right way and and there's phrases that I've used in the past like partition the fat that's my solution for any problem partition the fat I don't know what that means really I mean I kind of do but it's never the solution (laughs) so so um I totally totally can relate on that I feel so bad for engineers sometimes guys so I don't know if you're busy or not and you know they're swamped we've got like a release (laughs) coming up and I'm like hey do you think you guys can read this tweet for me and they're just like okay and they're always so sweet and so helpful about it and I'm just coming at them with these questions that I feel like a total bonehead but I mean like I said like they never make me feel that way they're just like yeah actually that is good or you know what that's great but just switch this word you know and then it's like okay and eventually it does sort of become second nature and now you know, I don't have to ask them um, for their input as much much for stuff like um, tweets. And, you know, I'm hoping to, you know, keep expanding on that and hopefully do, you know, blog posts eventually. And like with this opportunity with podcasts, you know, 
Um, yep. it, you sort of build that um, that confidence, and and it's about having that supportive group of people around you, you know. And they know that I'm able to help them with things too. They know that my role with the company is kind of helping to bring, you know, what they're building and all these amazing things that they're building out to, you know. I mean, I'm doing finger quotes, but the real world, you know, right, like right, awareness. Yeah, putting that awareness out there for them, and you know, so we can complement each other. You know, it's never like harsh critiques. It's always just sure. complimenting and helping, and yeah, it's it's great. Yeah, I had a conversation. I relayed something to the edit to our editor. And I was about three questions in, like he, he asked me three questions and I answered all three of them that I'm like, so that makes sense. And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, okay, good. Cause I have no <laughs> idea what I'm talking about right now. <laughs> it was, it was great, but it felt good because he knew exactly what I was saying. And, and I answered his questions right on the fly. And it was, <laughs> I think I just awesome. did that right now. So <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I hope all of this stuff, I hope they understand where I'm coming from with this. And it's like, totally. Oh. Yeah, it totally sounds like you guys are doing some really neat initiatives. You've got your meetup in a box. You're kind of building a platform on meetup that you can send out to other groups to use. Like, have you considered open sourcing any of that for other community managers? Um, you know, we've been talking a lot about it lately, especially because, um, you know, you reach this point where all of a sudden you're not asking other people to speak for you. They are coming to you like, hey, we would like to speak. And it's really exciting, but it, it started to happen very quickly for us. And so we do actually need to um, think about that pretty heavily um, and get that going. It is something that's on the agenda for us. Um, we are going to be production ready uh, in January or February, early next year. I don't want to say any dates because I don't want to get in trouble, um, but we'll be, you know, commercial ready uh, early next year. And at that point, we want to make sure that people are able to um, yeah, to contribute to these uh, events the same way. Um, and the Shirts for Stories project is something that they've been doing since the beginning, you know, for longer than I've been at Rethink DB. And that's a pretty cool project because um, I love getting tweets from our users when they get their packages. It's like a little Christmas for them. And they send the most hilarious tweets and they are so sweet. And then they send pictures and it's great. And then it gets other people excited to share their projects too. So yeah, these are really cool little things. We're trying to, um, like I said, we're trying to do stuff that's, you know, kind of unique, um, but also helps to recreate this amazing um, like family that we've built in, you know, Rethink uh, HQ. and put it, you know, and out in England and put it out in Ireland, you know, or put it out in, you know, China or something. So it's kind of cool. Very awesome. Yeah. All right. One last question. Mm -hmm. I want to know what you're most excited about with technology, like where it's going, the future, what gets you really jazzed up? Ooh, um, I actually, like I mentioned, my background in fashion design and um, now being in the tech world, I'm actually really excited participating um, in this kind of crazy fashion tech world that's sort of growing. Um, before I went into the tech world, I would go to fashion tech meetups because I was curious about the, um, you know, the growing technology with everything from like um, the textiles to, you know, e-commerce. Um, I actually also work for a startup called Stitch Fix too. And um, it's really incredible seeing like this uh, cool software that they've built to kind of help create um, uh, this uh, personal styling system for, you know, everybody's accessible to having a personal stylist now with this incredible software that they built. So for me personally, um, I just like seeing um, the direction that my previous world of fashion and how it's starting to incorporate into the tech world because knowing all of my 
uh, my friends from the fashion <laughs> industry, they are very anti-tech. And so mm -hmm. this gives me the opportunity to say, look, like, I know that you're scared of technology, but look at this incredible software that's going to help make your life easier. Or look at this incredible, you know, textile that's going to, you know, create this amazing thing so that you can do something awesome with some company like, you know, like some sporting company or something, you know, all these really cool things that are happening with the fashion and tech world that I'm very excited to watch. Right. The integration. Yeah. Should oh, be yeah. really interesting. It's wild just because like art and tech are coming together and it's kind of a, it's kind of a beautiful thing to watch. <laughs> so, well, thank you so much for this interview and we'll be talking to you soon. If you'd like to be on Women's Tech Radio, you can email us at WTR at JupiterBroadcasting.com or subscribe to us in iTunes Store. And you can also catch us on Twitter at HeyWTR. Thank you.